If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 Honda Classic and Indian Open Tips Podcast. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Uh, Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambling aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews, two previews this week for, of course, the Honda and the Indian. Strokes gained analysis for the Honda Classic. So that is basically strokes gained analysis going back to 2016 ranks for the field that are gathering in Florida this week across all the different skill sets. A very, very powerful set of statistics there. We've got form statistics. And of course, we've got PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. Barry is at a good talk golf on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Bang. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available, along with my weekly golf betting show. If you're listening to the podcast on the YouTube channel, please press the like button. Every single like on that channel really helps. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name where you are in the review. Keep them coming. That'd be absolutely fabulous. They're they're winging in from all corners of the globe right now, but please give us your five-star reviews. It really helps in terms of just making sure that people get to see the podcast across all of the platforms that they listen upon. Now, this one's short but sweet. It's entitled Phoenix Open, five stars. Great tips so far, guys. It's halfway through round two as I type this. Clearly, I doubt, doubt this individual was quite as uh, happy at the end of the tournament. Thanks for a really informative podcast. I've only just discovered it today, and that is from Duels, and Duels is in Vietnam. Thank you, Duels. I hope you're still listening to the podcast today. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Duels. I guess he must have uh, must have had a bit of uh, Morikawa or or Max Homer, I guess, um, from from last week. We didn't didn't quite go to. No, Canada. this was Phoenix Open. So if he oh, had Phoenix, Morikawa, he'd, he'd, he'd yeah. missed the cut already. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Scheffler ruined the, the party. The was in the title pool, Phoenix Open. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all right. It's, uh, it's early in the morning. It Brain's not quite in uh, in gear yet. The things we do for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Let's talk about last week. Um, let's start with yours, Paul. What did we make of the Thail, uh, the Thailand Classic? It was it was a proper birdie fest. Yeah, it was. Yeah, kind of where we. Expected it to be twenty four under. Um, Thjorbjorn Olsen. I mean, when when he's playing like that, nobody's gonna get close to him in that level of field. And uh, he won by four in the end. Seven wins now on the DP World European Tour over the years. Uh, yeah, I had, I had Antoine Rosner. He closed with a sixty six, so he got a full place. That did give me a skinny 
skinny profit over the course of the week on that event. But uh, yeah, he wasn't close enough really to even give uh, Olsen a scare. He was just immaculate. And so, yeah, I've, I've been on him. I was on him when it must have been the Dubai Desert Classic that I was on Olsen last. And he'd kind of shown almost enough to, to warrant support, you know, further down the line. But for me, the, the approach game just wasn't quite there, particularly when you're trying to bait yourself enough chances to win at uh, 2025 under or whatever the number was eventually going to be last week. But no, he, he pulled it around. He was he was excellent from tee to green. He was excellent on the greens and uh, a deserved winner in the end. Plenty of people on him as well, judging by social media. So well done, guys, if you plucked out Thjorbjorn Olsen last week. I think Olsen was one of your traditional build-up jobs, wasn't it? He's just getting better and better every week mm. and eventually bang. Yeah. Kuchar-like. From, from yeah, the I mean, past. the way I've been approaching him more recently is I've preferred him on slightly more stringent tests. But you know, he's he's kind of blown that theory out of the water by going and shooting twenty four under. So, so yeah, when he's on, he's on. He's one of these players that's um, that's very very capable. And as I say, seven wins, um, you know, stamps that uh, assertion one hundred percent. Jumped to number 12 in Ryder Cup European points um, selection. Yeah, yeah. He's had, he's had a go in the past, hasn't he? And um, he didn't get much of a sniff when he played the, played the last time. But, you know, he's, he's young enough. And, he's, you know, in terms of his career, he's certainly pulled, uh, pulled it around after his, uh, his issues um, from a few years back. And uh, yeah, I expect that's a big target for him. You know, wh- why not? Why not have a cracking year from here and and get himself onto Luke Donald's team? Possible. That team stands as we've had a few changes since the last time we run through this. McElroy, Ram, Victor Perez on the European points quad. Next in line there is Alex Noren. You go over to the world points. Victor Hovland. We've now got Seamus Power that's jumped into an automatic qualification spot. Mm. Very, very consistent power, isn't he? He's literally top 25 week in, week out. And when you're doing that in some of these elevated events with these huge amounts of OWGR points that are available, very, very profitable. And Shane Lowry has now jumped into an automatic spot after his top 15 finish at the Genesis. That was a good week for him coming off the back of a fairly heavy missed cut in Phoenix. Mm. Nice turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. You, you put Shane on a tough track that's releasing <laughs> balls rolling 350 yards minimum on fairways like they were. That's his kind of game, isn't it? Mm. You know, where you, where you can be four under and in the top 15 as opposed to uh, 22 under and you're, you're not even yeah. in the top 10 like most PGA Tour events. That's kind of Lowry country, which is interesting, of course, for this week and the, and the Honda Classic. If we go across to the Americans, uh, Scheffler at one, Zalatoris at two, Max Homer now up to three. I mean, he's in now. And uh, I can just tell, Barry, you're just absolutely salivating about your 66-1 to Masters bet on Max Homer. It's it's looking, it looks looks great right now. I mean, that's just uh, all you can really ask for, I suppose. You know, we've we've got a good uh, anti-post bet on and it's uh, feeling 
haven't had for a few years because the markets were pretty shitty. So hmm. there was yeah, talk. What is it now? 25s, was 28s t- now. Yeah. yeah. There was talk that um, LA Clunch Country Club for the US Open is the same design that designed mm-hmm. Riviera. Okay. And that, it's longer, it's more of a bomber's golf course, apparently. A bit more open. But yeah, if, if fundamentally, same designer. So there are similarities between Riv and LA, country club. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT at four. Colin Morikawa jumps to five. And Cameron Young now has sneaked up to number six. Beneath those, Bradley, Cantlay, Xander, Tom Hoagie, Keith Mitchell and Chris Kirk if you picked on Ryder Cup qualification points alone. So yes, Fino's, Finau is at 13, Burns 15, Tigala 16, and Jordan Spieth all the way down in 17th spot for Ryder Cup qualification. What did you make of the Genesis invitation? I mean, from my perspective, we've been doing this since 2009, Paul. You know, yep. when it comes to a trend, when it comes to a record, when it comes to a statistic, you and I know them because we do these eventually each and every year. I've never known a player on the West Coast swing dominate like John Ramaz, and that goes all the way back to 09. To to, to actually bag three wins in five outings. Yeah. It's just it just hasn't been done before. Incredible start to the year. Absolutely incredible. He's playing golf at the top of his game even though and Barry and I were talking about this during the course of the tournament in the week um, or over the weekend he got away with an awful lot of uh, bad bad shots bad drives um, last week um, but yeah, still managed to, to get himself over the line a lot of them were going left Barry weren't they a lot of lefts yeah but but they were bad like in cases some were bad enough or that he actually had a shot to get a window to get the ball up to the green. And like when you're on one of these heaters and you're playing that good, things just seem to fall for you. And, and you know, the, the luck is kind of rolling with you to bounce off the grandstand to set up Eagle when, you know, it would have been a very, very good birdie if he had had to drop by the grandstand. And so look, when those things are going for you, you just take, take them and say, thank you very much. And, you know, eventually, you know, it's going to turn around and probably hit you even harder than it helped you in the first place. So but it's absolutely incredible to watch him play at the moment. Like he has mm. just that unbelievable level of zone or focus and, and execution. It's, um, it's pretty special to watch. And I guess not looking to the end of it, but it's like, how long can he sustain this and keep doing what he's doing? Yeah. Well, this is it. You know, can he maintain that for what the best part of another six, eight weeks, six, seven weeks until the Masters? Because um, if he can, going in that kind of form to to Augusta, he's going to be very, very difficult to beat. But mm. that's a long time between now and then for mm. him to to keep ticking over at that kind of level. Interesting. Because if you think about Scheffler last year, Scheffler won the Phoenix Open <clears throat> and yep. managed to keep that form all the way to Augusta, didn't he? Yeah. Now, you've got Ram, who started this heater on the first week of January. <laughs> so he's kind of already six to seven weeks in terms of his heater earlier than Scheffler was. Yep. So it's a, it's a long time. Um, I'll just run you through uh, the Masters betting. 
with Bet365. 13 to 2 now, John Rahm favourite. Rory at 8 to 1. Scotty, the defending champion, at 10 to 1. We've got Cam Smith at 16 to 1. Then Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa at 18 to 1. And then Jordan Spieth, Will Zalatoris, Patrick Cantlay, and Dustin Johnson at 20 to 1, 25 to 1 bar or more. Hmm. Starting to form, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can argue with the fact that Rams at the top there. He's he's playing the best golf of anyone in the world, and he's gone back to world number one. It's you know, in in this instance, the world rankings are portraying the right position and right scenarios uh, as world golf actually, you know, should be right now. So yeah, good for him. I emotional from Max Homer not to uh, not to convert another Californian win last week. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You've, got, you've got to like the guy, haven't you? He's, he's very, you know, tearful, very emotional afterwards. But um, he came close. He got himself into the lead, didn't he? After what was it? The after the twelfth, wasn't it? Ron made his bogey, and uh, and then he banged it straight into the trees on the thirteenth, and that was kind of the beginning of the end. From there, that the look in Ram's eyes, you could just tell he was mega focused to go and get that job done, but. But yeah, and you got uh, you got a, a full place on uh, Colin Morikara as well, Steve. So well done with that. He, he snuck in with a fantastic finish, didn't he? Colin. Mm. He was in the top ten for scoring across three of those four rounds, and just threw yeah. in a seventy-three on Saturday. And that's the thing with Colin at the moment. It's just it's always and he and he said this in an interview. He said, "I'm just trying to get four good rounds into a tournament because at the moment I'm failing to do that." There's always yeah. one dodgy round in there. There's one round that's costing him. That, that's a better People problem. People were talking that that head-to-head with Ram at Kapalua might have set him back. I don't think it's set him back at all. It, you know, Morikawa's going to win soon. It's just a matter of when and where. Um. So yeah, playing some good golf, isn't he? Morikawa. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'd be touching eighteen to one though. Morikawa to win the Masters. Yeah. When for me, he just isn't powerful enough and long enough off the tee to do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Go on, Barry, what were you That's saying? It. I was just saying it's a better problem for him to solve, just clean up that one round than finding yeah. a few low ones. Um, yeah. Or finding low ones in general. So it's just clean up the dirt. Kind of yeah. the same way Larry was having to clean, you know, had bogeys and doubles on his cards going into the Open Championship. It's just... Making birdies is a harder thing than avoiding bogeys and doubles. Yeah, we've always said that. The other thing that I, I found interesting about Colin Morikawa last week was it wasn't his um, approach play that was absolutely um, spot on. He was 31st for approach, uh, 19th for off the tee, which is decent. He actually drove it at 314 off the tee. He was the 8th in the field for driving distance. So maybe I need to change my approach for Augusta. Um, he was clearly giving it full beans off the off the um, off the tee last week. The thing that really impressed me with him last week was the fact it wasn't his approach play that was absolutely stunning. It was the around the green game, fifth for around the green. Uh, the, what happened on the Saturday is typical Colin Morikara. He, he was missing putts from four feet, five feet, and six feet. I think th- oh, f- three of his four bogeys were three putts. Yeah. And I thought, oh no, that continues on um, Sunday. Clearly, we're not going to get any each way back at all. But actually, 
and this is impressive for me, he righted the ship and started putting well on Sunday. Mm. So he's a good player and Morikawa's elite. We've got, we've got no issues with Colin. So yeah, I think a win's coming. Could it come at Bay Hill next week? We'll have to do some digging and find out. But um, you're probably going to struggle to get anything on the high side of 18-1 to 1 on Colin Morikawa next week, just the way that he's playing. Now, yeah. let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> now that we've got this situation with the PGA Tour, these elevated events, you are going to get this scenario quite regularly where we're, dry, we're, we're jumping from a Phoenix Open and a Genesis Invitational, which was absolutely stunning in terms of its field, a mini-major, which is a term I've got to stop using in my previews and on the podcast because I use it all the time, but it's true. We're now going to the Honda Classic, I believe it's the last year Honda are sponsoring this. They're, they're getting out. <laughs> um, I can remember when this event was absolutely chump full of European um, Ryder Cup stars. Um, it's down near Jupiter, isn't it? It's on Palm Beach Garden. So most yeah. of the elite golfers in the world live around these parts. But they can't fit it into their schedule anymore. So where we had Ricky Fowler winning it in the past, Justin Thomas, Adam Scott, the list goes on. Uh, this year we've got Sung Im. And Shane Lowry, and then we're down to Denny McCarthy and Chris Kirk in the betting market. That's the that's the dearth of field that we've got this week. But as we were saying off podcast, where you've got a lack of elite players, it's ramping up the opportunity for the likes of a McCarthy to win his first PGO Tour event, or an Aaron Wise, or a Minwoo Lee who plays this week. Matt Kuchar. Can Matt Kuchar rekindle? his winning spirit on the PGA Tour. But you've got all of these opportunities. Alex Noren, can he win his first PGA Tour event? Thomas Dietrich. You know, there's going to be a lot of players here. If you can get a win this week, all of a sudden you're playing in the Masters. So it's actually opening up opportunities to the rank-and-file players or or the younger, talented sort that are trying to make their way on the PGA Tour. So it's it's a fascinating event for me to, to, to look at this week. Um... In terms of the bookmakers for this week's PGA Tour Golf Action, we're highlighting Bet365 again, who as ever have their each-way extra market available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Honda Classic uh, to win outright market. I have used their eight places each way at 50 odds market specifically. I always do. I know that Barry often uses the 12 places market. I think it pays a ninth the odds, doesn't it, Barry, on those, just to try and make sure you get some return on bigger bigger prices. That's Yeah, that's kind of the approach I'm going for. Try get the wins mm. and let, let the just let the place bets, if they can grab a little bit more, um, scoop up a couple more places during the season just to keep things ticking over. It's about trying to get I'm not the big sure ones. A, I'm not sure that's a bad tactic this week, looking at this field. <laughs> I, I, I would, you can't really back anyone with any kind of confidence. That, that's just the fact of the matter. No. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering market best odds and eight places each way on. Right, Shane Lowry at fourteen to one. We've got Denny McCarthy and Chris Kirk at twenty-five to one. Chris Kirk right now is twenty to one at Skybet. Harris English is a forty to one shot with Bet three six five. We've also got Benny Arn. Now Benny Arn is sixty to one. At Bet365, he's 40 to 1 at Paddy Power this week. Or our pal, the popular bomber. I think this guy might get some steam this week. Will Gordon, big bomber. I think bombers do well around this PJ National course. He's 70 to 1 with Bet365. 
eight places each way by their HOA extra facility. He is a 50 to 1 shot with Paddy Power and Skybet, who are also going eight places each way. So 70 to 1, bet 365, 50 to 1 elsewhere. We recommend Bet365 if you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet £10, get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT50 when registering. Right, we're playing this week the Champions Course PGA National Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. The designer originally was Tom and George Fazio, but actually it's all, it's well known as a Nicholas uh, golf course. He's had various renovations and redesigns here. 2002, 2014. The last one was as recently as 2018. In terms of course type, we have moved. I don't know if you've noticed, we've moved from California. We're now in Florida. So we're now on a Florida-type golf course. Now, for newbies, Florida golf courses tend to be very, very open. Not a lot of trees. Open. Lots of water everywhere. Difficult bunkering. And tend to be, because of the flat nature of Florida, very, very windswept. So I'm classifying this as a Florida golf course, a technical golf course in terms of its scoring, could see anything as short as 10 under, 11 under winning this week. It's also a short golf course. It only measures 7,125 yards as a par 70. This bit always makes me laugh. Holes with water hazards. Just the 15 this week. <laughs> 15 of 18 have water hazards. As I always used to say, you can see why Tony Finau does not play this event. Celebration Bermuda Grass Fairways. The rough is Tiff Sport Bermuda Grass, overseeded with perennial rye. Just to make matters even more interesting, they've upped the rough length this week from last year by half an inch to two and a half inches. So we've got thicker rough year on year at PGA National. <laughs> that does make me a uh, titter. Greens. 7,000 square feet on average. They're large. They feature Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. Many of them have water as a surround. Tournament stimp. Just to, just to turn the knife even more, they've upped the stimp from an 11.5 to 12 feet this year. And I can see that because this part of Florida has been particularly dry over the late January and through February. So I'm reckoning, boys, that we're going to have a golf course that's got plenty of chase on the fairways again. Thick, two and a half inch Bermuda and ryegrass rough and greens that have got plenty of release in them from the start. Mm. Unless they get the Florida water, um, the Florida fire staff to come and absolutely water the greens before the start of play on Thursday. I'm not sure. No, that's I don't not think really... you do that here. You do tend to get a proper testing golf course. Yeah, let's hope so. <clears throat> Fairway widths, 25 yards wide at 300-yard carry. So they effectively, they're as narrow as Riviera last week. 
and typically on a lot of these holes you've got water on one side of those fairways when you're standing on the tee so yeah it's a toughie it's a tough tough golf course it's the only way you can really you know over the last 10 seasons this has been the sixth most difficult par 70 on the PGA Tour one thing I think they might have in their favour this week though is I don't see super strong wind in the forecast it's funny isn't it we were saying there wasn't going to be any wind on a lot of tournaments on the West Coast swing, and then all of a sudden they turned up and it was blowing 35 miles an hour. And then they've got to Florida, where it's meant to be windy and it's meant to be ridiculously gusty and tough, and the forecast is suggesting nothing more than about 12 to 14 miles an hour across the whole week, which is calm for this. Yeah, yeah. The course is built for a bit of wind as well, so... Mm. that's nothing excessive we'll see you know sometimes these forecasts are a little bit conservative and it uh, ends up being a little bit more blowy than uh, than it suggests since the nicholas inspired course changings winning totals of 10 under sep strucker sep strucker 12 under matt jones six under sung jm and keith mitchell at nine under that's where we're looking in terms of winning score this week, guys. Um, yeah, I don't see that changing, really. If the wind isn't blowing, it's still going to be firm. It's still going to be releasing on the greens. There's still water everywhere. So blow-ups are just there and happen. I mean, some of the blow-ups, I mean, they, it happens to the elite players as well. If you're slightly off it, you know, you can you can be in the ejection seat, undoubtedly here in Mr. Cup. Um, <clears throat> and I still, you know, we've got this thick rough. So I don't see this being anything other than what we expect it to be, a, a proper, proper grind. I like it. It's always one of the tournaments um, I, I quite like. Uh, whether it's continuing in the future without Honda, we, we will find out in the future. Cut line here... <laughs> Two over, one over, three over, two over, five over. (laughs) (coughs) Wow. Uh, Official world golf ranking of Honda Classic winners recently. Sat Stracker was 176th in the world. Jones was 83rd. Sung Jae-in 34th. Keith Mitchell 161st. And what I'm basically aiming at here is the, the recent winning prices. Sepp Strucker last year was 125 to 1. And he came off incoming form of two top 20s in his last three. Matt Jones, 80 to 1. Sung Jae Im, 35 to 1. Keith Mitchell, 300 to 1. That's crazy. Mm. Uh, overall winning average going back to 2010 here is 130 to 1. So where I'm heading, I'm just looking at the top of the market. You know, we're seeing Sung Im here at prices that John Rahm has been looking at, or that John Rahm's been going off since the start of 2023. Just to put that into context, I've done some digging. Sung Im has two wins on the PGO Tour so far in his career. That's two wins from 129 WGC and PGA Tour combined starts. You can back him at 8-1. to one. Yeah. 
Not exactly um, value packed by the. It's not. Sound. It's not. It's not singing, is it? Shane Lowry, <clears throat> fourteen to one second favourite. He's got one win in the United States from one hundred and forty-three United States starts. Then we go to the likes of Denny McCarthy. <clears throat> now, Denny will be popular this week. There's, there's a certain tranche of people that back Denny McCarthy. They love Denny McCarthy. Um, they want to be on board when Denny gets his first PGA Tour victory. Denny hasn't won on the PGA Tour, and this is 148 starts this week. And you've got Aaron Wise near the top of the market as well. I've just picked out Wise. Wise has got one win in 129 WGC and PGA Tour starts. It's not... <laughs> Taking these short prices isn't turning me on. Put it that way. But then you look at the trends recently. You look at the betting trends um, of where people, what prices people are winning at. And I'm just going through the prices from John Rahm winning the century. <coughs> he, he won that at 7-1. to one. Siwoo Kim, 45-1 to one at the Sony. John Rahm, 13-2 at the Amex. Max Homer, we were on board, 28-1 to one at the Farmers. Justin Rose, 25-1 to one in an awful field at Pebble Beach. Scotty Scheffler, 14 to 1. John Rahm, 15 to 2. So the biggest price winner we've had in 2023 on the PGA Tour is 45 to 1, Siwoo Kim. So you're kind of caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. You don't want to back short prices this week overly, uh, but you've got the trends telling you that kind of you should be. Mm. That's where I'm at. I actually went for three thirty-three to one chances. That's where I've plumped for. I think there's something this week. When I look at my strokes gain numbers and I look at the history of people that have won this over the last three years on my strokes gained record, which is an internal document, don't publish it, uh, just for reference, because I, I, I get people asking me about where they can access stats and whatever. People, uh, I got a tweet last week or an email about where do my top twenty-five numbers get published. Well, they're published, strokes gained, over the last eight tournaments. They are always published in each and every betting preview. So when I start talking about um, strokes gained over the last eight tournaments, you will get a full listing on my preview, just for newbies and people that don't know. But I'm just looking here at people that have won the Honda going back to Sunjay in 2020. They all sat within the top 25 on my strokes gained putting last eight weeks rank. Or if they didn't, they putted extremely well the outing before. I mean, Sepp, Sepp Strucker ranked 14th for strokes game putting at Riviera, came here, won, 125 to 1. So players that are playing reasonably well and are putting well. Also, <clears throat> look at recent winners here. They, are, they have won with ridiculously... Um, long um, driving distance. Um, Sepp Strucker last year, 310 off the tee. He was 13th for driving distance. The year before that, Matt Jones, 315 off the tee. Sung Jm, fair enough, 292. That so does, you know, mid mid distance drivers can win here. 
Keith Mitchell the year before that, 306. He was eighth for driving distance. So I reckon if you're a bit of a bomber, or I've seen when I've looked into the data that you've had a very strong driving distance performance at this track in the past, I've kind of looked at that angle as well. Someone that's confident here off the tee, someone that's long off the tee, someone that's putting well at the moment and has got some half-decent results over on the West Coast swing, who I think will actually prefer the Bermuda grass greens and the Florida swing in terms of just where they perform better. That's where I'm at. Um, I have gone for... This guy's drifted to 40 to 1 this morning. So there's an absolutely no confidence in him whatsoever. But I think Harris English could go well this week. So I've gone one and a half points each way, 33 to 1 with Bet365, eight places each way via their each way extra facility on Harris English. Plays well here, needs to do well. He's outside the world's top 50 now. We've got very soon um, world match play, and we've got, of course, the Masters top 50 cut coming up within a few weeks' time. And you look at English last week, started with a 66 on Thursday, ended with a 65 on Sunday, finished 12th. Um, decent record on Bermuda grass, two of his four PGA Tour titles have come on Bermuda grass, and he was the joint first round leader here at 70-1 to back in 2020. So, it was interesting, in his rookie year here, he went into Sunday... Uh, I think he was second or leading. And he carded a Sunday 77, plummeted to 18th spot. Since then, he's finished 12th in 2019. He's finished 17th here in 2020. If Harris English was at the peak of his powers, he wouldn't be playing the Honda Classic. But the way that his game has fallen away and the fact that he needs to be playing the Honda Classic because he knows that if he wants to be getting back towards the top of the game in the top 50, he needs to be playing events like this and using this as a stepping stone. So I'm on English at 33 to 1. 40 to 1 is available with Bet365 this morning. <clears throat> I've gone with Taylor Pendrith, who is a fantastic driver of the golf ball. Pendrith is a bomber. But he's one of those bombers, a bit like Gary Woodland, who actually plays better on short and medium length golf courses. That kind of comes across in where Pendrith's played well since he's become a PGO Tour regular. In his rookie season, fifth at Port Royal, which is the Bermuda Championship. He was first heading into Sunday. I remember that because it was very, very windswept, that tournament. 16th at Torrey Pines, 13th at TPC Sawgrass, Florida, tight, short. He was second at the Detroit Golf Club. That's a medium-length golf club. A golf course. He was first heading into Sunday, so he's already had two leads heading into a Sunday on the PGA Tour. Then 13th at Sedgefield, like that form. 8th at Wilmington Country Club. That was a big event, the BMW Championship. He then qualified, of course, for the International President's Cup team as a rookie. He actually grossed $2.33 million last year as a rookie, so he's a, he's a talented sort, Pendrith. And then so far this season, 15th at the RSM Classic to end 2022. He was sixth going into Sunday. I noticed him the other week when he shot a very strong Sunday round at Pebble Beach and finished seventh. That's the kind of form I'm looking for. Under the radar, 
someone coming to a golf course that I think will suit him. He was 26th here last year on course debut, where only a 74 on Saturday, four over par Saturday, kept him out of the each-way paying places. So he gets on well with this course. He's got experience here. He's a bomber, putting well at the moment. Taylor Pendrith, I'm on. That was 33-1, to eight-place each-way with William Hill on Pendrith. And I've also gone for 33 to 1 shot. <clears throat> Doesn't really need a lot of um, talk through Adam Svensson. I mean, Svensson was in the top 10 last week at the Genesis Invitational. And he actually finished in the top 10 here last year. So current form, tick. Last year, uh, course form, tick. He won the RSM Classic at the end of 2022 on Bermuda Grass Greens. It's interesting when you look at his history as well. He's won four times on his professional wins quite recently in his career. Three of those on the Corn Ferry. Uh, he also won a, um, a, a Corn Ferry event on Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens at uh, the Landings Club, which they play down in Georgia. So yeah, Svensson... Very, very um, strong off the tee last week, I noticed, with Spencer. He actually drove the ball in the top 20 for driving distance, 3.08 off the tee. So he can get it out there when he needs to, when he's confident with the driver. So, yeah, I've gone for Spencer also. 33 to 1 chance, bet 365, eight places each way via that each way extra facility. So Spencer, Pettendrith, English, all at 33 to 1 for me. I need a drink. So over to you guys. Who are who are you backing this week? I've got no idea. Barry, let's start with you. Oh no. <laughs> I I could back a lot uh, or I could completely take the week off. Um I haven't placed any bets yet. Few that have kind of popped on some of the searches I've been doing. Ben Ann. Don't know why, but Danny Willett. Um, Harrington always kind of pops to mind in this event but other than his win he has been pretty awful around um, in terms of results here I'm kind of struggling I'm a bit all over the place if you look at Harrington though just as a Harrington can bomb the ball there's no way that Paddy Harrington's short off the tee no and you just look at how he plays his golf bombs the ball Excellent short game and a very, very streaky putter. Which That's kind of where I'm at with the kind of player I'm looking at. I'm not yeah. looking for a Matt Kuchar who's banging it 285 and hitting 90% of fairways. I want someone with a bit of pop off the tee. The extreme, yeah. I mean, to, to that, one other that's way out. Um, he's second in strokes game putting on the tour this season. It's Harry Hall. Mm. 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 Very good player. Like, never played here. Um, reasonable, re- you know, recent form, 27th, 41st, missed cut, 34th, couple of weeks off, <clears throat> and now he's here. Does he pop? I don't know. One, you know, one last year on the Corn Ferry. I mean, it's a punt. Like, he's 140 to 1. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, you do, you do get those kind of winners here, though, don't you? It's... Uh... It, it does happen. 
I feel like I'm having to talk myself into bets this week rather than a bet becoming clear and just saying, hey, back me. You know, it's a slightly different vibe this week. Hmm. No, I'll get that. Save me, Paul. Jump in, please. <laughs> yeah, well, no, Barry, I'm I'm not far behind where, where you are because I, I've had a good look at this and I've only made one bet so far. And yeah, I, I look at the top of the market it's probably the prices because if you if you doubled the prices on some of those players and they they were you know 50 to 1 rather than 25 or 66 is rather than 33s they'd probably be a far more attractive proposition but the strength and depth of the field just isn't there to to justify it so everything needs to be taken into context Uh, the one i've backed you mentioned him actually um danny willett 66 to 1 who does like these tougher tests. If you look at his performance last week, he led the field for scrambling at the Genesis, which I like. Uh, Strokes gained around the green, he was 12th as well. Finished 18th, um, he was 9th to the halfway point, but he was on a bit of the coverage and threatened to get into the mix at various points without really pushing on. But he got, put again, that field strength last week into context with this, and this is much, much easier. Not much in the way of course form here. Finished down the field last year. But if you dig into that, he was fifth after the first day. Shot a 67. He closed with a 68 as well. So um, two comparably good rounds that would get himself right into the mix if he could make uh, four similar kind of style rounds this year uh, and not throw two iffy rounds in on the uh, Friday and the Saturday. But the, the thing with Danny Willett, and we've seen this from the times that I've backed him or not backed him on the European DP World Tour over the years is that he is well capable of stepping up and winning a golf tournament and plenty of players you you can't say the same about you know plenty of players will huff and puff and fall away when Danny's on Danny wins and -hmm. again Danny will have this Ryder Cup motivation with him this year you know he's seen um, Justin Rose already get over the line and put himself right in the mix for a, for a place. Danny Willett um, will be in the same kind of boat. He'll be thinking, well, this is a massive opportunity. I'm up against a field that is relatively poor at the top end, particularly in comparison to what he's been playing. Um, and the conditions suit, uh, the course suits, I think. Um, yeah, 66 is quite happy to take a chance on him. But yeah, as I say, that's the only punt that I've had so far. He was noticeable last week. Hmm. My only concern with Danny Willett, and podcast regulars will know this, Danny Willett wins BMW PJ Championships at Wentworth. He, does he win the Honda Classic? He's more likely, in my mind, to actually win the Arnold Palmer Invitational because he just takes out big titles. But I've got no doubt that he's as cold as ice when in contention just wins. It's amazing. Yeah. Except for when he gives up a tournament to Max Homer. Where was that? Was that that the um, yeah? That was the was that the opener of the season? Yeah, the Fortinet. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that was that was kind of a. I guess that that, you could go back, and that's quite a pivotal moment for Max Homer's season. You know, he grinded and he grinded. He never gave up, and it materialized and crystallized into a win. So he probably got a lot of belief in his process and what he was doing. Even though it was sort of a gift, but mm. um, yeah, so like Willett's got like something to grind out on as well. He, I mean, that's still going to be keeping him awake at night, I'm sure. 
Yes. Yeah, not easy to get over that kind of thing. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Barry, can I sell you on Born Hun An or Benny An? Go for it. I got with him William Hill, eight place each way, 50 odds. Ben An. His record here is eye catching. And I know that Paul was on him. <laughs> I can hear Paul chuckling away in the background. Paul was on him at Torrey Pines, if you remember, a few weeks ago when Max Homer won. Mm. Now, Paul that week had Max Homer and had Keegan Bradley that finished second. He also had Ben Arn at some ridiculous price. And Ben Arn was ninth heading into Sunday. Because Paul's rationale was bomber that's got a fantastic short game. Not necessarily a putter, but someone that can at least scramble and make pars around a long, tortuous golf course. And for 54 holes, he actually did that. Yeah. He then shot an 83 on Sunday and collapsed to <laughs> 62nd place. But that's that's... <laughs> That's almost academic. But you just got to read through this, haven't you? He then went to Pebble Beach. Because don't forget, ben, ben Ann's status on the PJ Tour is poor. So he literally gets given the crumbs in terms of starts. He went to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Never played it in his life. Finished 39. The interesting fact there was, if you just looked at his two rounds at Pebble Beach, 36 holes, he was 13th best in the field. Now, I've never linked Ben Arn to Poana Greens. Doesn't work for me. Doesn't seem to work when I look at his stats. But when you look at him on Bermuda grass, and this is what we're trying to find here. We're trying to find a player that showed seeds of form out west on courses that don't overly suit. But when they come over to the Florida swing, bang, we're off. Don't forget, Ben Am lives in Orlando. So he's, he lives in Florida. This is where he uses practice facilities. So the agronomy is right up his street. On his, on his PGO2, he's finished second at TPC Louisiana. He lost that in a playoff to Brian Stewart, who will be. Seventh at Harbour Town, third at Sedgefield, both short Bermuda grass courses, third at the Country Club of Jackson. That's where they played the Sanderson Farms. Sung Jae Im's finished second there. Sepp Strucker finished second there this season. So there's some, something there in terms of correlation. Eighth at PJ West. He's also had a fifth and a fourth here at PJ National, 2018 and 2020. So a fourth and a fifth on this golf course at this tournament. And then you can start, you're thinking, well, that's a Jack, you know, Jack Nicholas. You look at his form on Jack Nicholas designs. He's finished second at the 2018 Memorial. He lost in a playoff to Bryson DeChambeau. I was on DeChambeau that week. He's also finished second at Glen Abbey, which is another Jack Nicholas golf course. That was the 2018 RBC Canadian Open. And go back 12 months. Go back, Corn Ferry. Ben Arn won his first professional title for six and a half years on the Corn Ferry last February at the Lee Com Coast Classic in Florida. They played that at the Lakewood National Golf Club, a golf course which features Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens. So I'm on Ben Arn. And probably a few leaks. Hmm? That and probably a few lakes going by the name of the the course there. For listeners, type in Lakewood National Golf Club, and it doesn't look dissimilar to PJ National. There's water everywhere. It's a Florida golf course. So yeah, I'm on Ben Island. I couldn't resist. 
He was one of those. He kept popping on stats, kept looking. And I'm thinking, well, Ben Arn can't win. Uh, you know, Ben Arn can't win. Oh, ben Arn can't win. And then she's like, Steve, don't be stupid. Just put Ben on. So I put Ben on. The other one I've put in is another Korean who you've also been putting up this season, uh, Barry. S.H. Kim. Now, S.H. Kim, a rookie this year, quite impressive rookie, isn't he? And when you look at he's had four missed cuts from 13 PGA Tour appearances, which is pretty mad for a rookie. Fourth, a 12th, a 13th, and a 20th. So nine paychecks from his first 13 PGA Tour starts. And guess where S.H. Kim finished second last year in Florida? Oh, of course, at the Lakewood National Golf Club. So he finished second to Ben Ann on a similar golf course, which features Tiff Eagle, Bermuda Grass Greens. 33rd last week at the Genesis. I mean, 33rd in that in that field as a rookie on your first look at Riviera. That's pretty impressive for me. Second for driving accuracy, third for total driving, fourth for strokes game putting. So let me get this straight. He was hitting tons of fairways. He was hitting it long, hitting it straight, and he was fourth for strokes game putting. I'll take that. So I'm on SH Kim as well. Also interesting with Kim, another one of these Koreans, not as, not as up front as Tom Kim. SH Kim has won globally. Yes, yes, United States listeners, there is golf outside of the United States, outside of the PGA Tour. He has won at 10 under par in 2019 on the High Watt PGM Challenge. And then he's won the 2020 KPGA Championship in South Korea at 5 under par. And he won the 2021 Japan PGA Championship. So that's a, that's a, clearly a tournament of real standing in Japan. He won that at 13 under. So his three professional wins have come at 5 under, 10 under and 13 under. So that tells me that on a golf course where you need to grind and hang around, that's where he's actually done his winning so far in his career. So I'm on SH Kim, 70 to 1. Bet 365, 8 plus each way of 50 odds. So to recap, recap for me, SH Kim, Ben Arn, and then Adam Svensson, Taylor Pendrith, and Harris English at 33 to 1, the three of them. Any more for the Honda Classic, or we will move on to the Indian Open? No, not for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one to try and decipher. So, uh, so yeah, I, well done for picking five out. I, I really struggled to uh, to make some picks. but uh, I could have wasted more points. Yeah, well... Yeah, it's so one of those. Sometimes it's telling you not to, isn't it? It's, uh... I've actually, yeah, it's not my, it's not my usual staking plan. It's slightly less. I tell you one player at one hundred to one that did catch my attention: Dylan Fratelli. Seems to have decent course record, and I noticed at Phoenix the other day was it top fifteen? He finished at Phoenix. There's something percolating with Dylan mm. Fratelli. Don't yeah. forget that's a guy that's finished in the top five at both the Masters and the Open Championship. Yeah. No, he's well capable when he's, uh, mm. when he's on his game. I think he's also had a top 10 at Le Golf National, which I always look... That's a great carryover, isn't it? Tough. Yeah. Paris yeah. course, water everywhere. Yeah, nice and open. Yeah, there's some similarities there for yeah. for sure. Right, let's move on to the Indy Open, Paul. Yes. Talk, yes. Talking of tough golf courses. <laughs> yeah. 
yes, it's slightly different uh, the way this is set up in terms of its toughness. But uh, yeah, um, last leg of our three-week jaunt out out to the east this week. Uh, short field of 120 here, just in the outskirts of Delhi, and a mix of well, some DP World Tour players, um, a number of local players who've been granted national spots in the field this week, um, mainly from the the Indian Tour, the PGTI. Um, and uh, yeah, just a relatively short field, 120 players this week. So uh, something for to get, for us to get our teeth into. Thjorbjorn Olsen is the favourite last week's winner. He is currently 11 to 1 best price and that is with uh, bet365 again they're very aggressive this week in terms of pricing and uh, of course with their uh, each way extra proposition as well nikolai hogard um 12 to 1 bob mcintyre 14 to 1 yannick paul next at 20 to 1 yost lauten played well last week 20 to 1 also uh, then you've got the likes of Oliver Becker, Eduardo Molinari, Yonghun Wang, all 22 to 1. 30 to 1 bar those players. Now, Boyle Sports are eight places each way as their standard market this week. Again, they're attacking the DP World Tour. And as I've just mentioned, Bet365, they are running their each way extra proposition again this week. Um, so eight places each way, a fifth of the odds available, all the way up to 12 places and ninth if you prefer that market and some cracking prices as well again with 365 they are being hyper aggressive with golf at the moment which is great to see now in terms of the course we're returning to the dlf golf and country club again this week it's a gary player design opened back in 2015 on the card and um, well the card that's supposed to be playing this week 7380 yard par 72 it can stretch quite a bit further than that almost up to 7700 yards in the past we've seen them play it closer to 7000 yards so there's a real mix they've got five teeing options on every hole and they can mix and match to suit um whatever narrative they want particularly you know if they want it long if they want it short they want it tough they want it easier whatever they can they can swap and change it but in terms of the course card for the actual tournament it's 7380 yards um is what we're supposed to be playing bermuda grass has been used throughout um from tea to green on the greens themselves parkland in style it's an interesting course um it's almost like an oversized crazy golf course really there's plenty of features Really, really tough, narrow fairways, eye-catching bunkers. If you catch any of the pictures of the bunkers um, that, that do the rounds on the uh, on social media, they really are eye-catching. Large greens, loads of elevation changes, um, loads of water in play. It's built around a couple of lakes. Water's in play considerably on six of the holes. Um, really just a, uh, a, a real proper test of golf that uh, gets players thinking. Almost like... Um, Almost like the tenth last week at Riviera, where you've got options where any score is possible on that hole from, uh, you know, two or three all the way up to sixes, sevens, and beyond. Um, most of the holes here have that kind of variance. Players will make uh, birdies and eagles, and players will make doubles and quads for fun this week. The weather looks good though. Uh, low winds, temperatures into the low thirty centigrade. So thirty two is what's that ninety Fahrenheit? It's that kind of that kind of number um, in terms of the conditions. No no rain in the forecast, lots of sunshine. So it should be perfect conditions. It will just be the course that presents the challenge here this week. 
Now, we have got three events from 2017 to 2019 that were played here back on the European Tour, as it was at the time. We've also got a PGTI event that was held here last year, which a few of the players in this week's field did attend. So, four events in total. They make up the course history stats on the site this week. So, if you're flicking through the site, um, I've noted which ones were um, old European Tour events and, of course, the 2022 PGTI event as well. 2017 was SSP Chowraja. He won at 10 under par at 80 to 1. Now that was the first year we saw this course and when the yardage was put up originally on the DP World Tour or the European Tour website, um, it was quoted as a 7,650 yard or thereabouts par 72. So instantly everyone just discounted Chowraja because he's typically the shortest hitter on the tour. Um, and they actually played around about 7,000 yards at a week, and he won. So that that was um, a source of massive frustration for many a golf punter that week. Um, but that shows you what they can do and how they can change the course. 10 under par was the winning score that week. Matt Wallace won in 2018 at 11 under par. He was a 66-1 to one shot. Then the last time we came here on the European Tour was Stephen Gallagher, 9 under par. He was a 150 to one shot having not won for a number of years prior to that victory uh, and then last year Varun Parikh won at 11 under par on the PGTI um, to give us a more recent bit of course form just to have a little dig into now if you look into the stats um, we've got the stats from the three events held at this level Chowrasia Wallace they both scrambled really well they both putted really well Gallica, he hit more greens and putted well on the week. So there's a couple of different ways you can get around this. Really, though, I think the key to this course is patience. Um, you need to accept that bogeys and doubles will happen. Most players are going to make um, bogeys and doubles quite regularly during the course of the week. I mean, you look at Gallica, both him and uh, Varun Perrick, who won the 2022 event, both of them made a quadruple bogey during the course of their tournament and both of them still won so you've got to be able to take that kind of thing on the chin you've got to be able to overlook it move on to the next hole and um, continue as if it doesn't happen and you know some players they'll just get down and down in the dumps after making such a such a big mistake but you can't do that here you've just got to accept it move on carry on playing because you never know what's going to happen everyone else is making mistakes around you so uh, so the course or the, or the field can come back to you quite readily uh, in terms of incoming form, Chowrasia, Wallace, both of those have recorded their best results of the season on their previous start. Now, nothing's groundbreaking, but uh, Chowrasia was 35th the previous outing. Wallace was 19th on the previous outing. Both of those were their best efforts of the calendar year to date. Gallica, well, if you managed to pick Stevie Gallica out on current form back in 2019, then you must have had your crystal ball working particularly well that week because he'd come into this from four straight missed cuts, um, shown absolutely nothing, and then, and then won the golf tournament. Uh, Varun Parikh, who won the uh, 2022, uh, he'd missed a cut on his previous start. He did finish third um, six weeks before at the PGTI Players' Championship, though, so there was a little bit of form to show for him coming into this um, course back in 2022 on the PGTI. 
In terms of course form, again, we've only got uh, limited um, uh, limited stats. The only player of those four that had anything tangible was Stevie Gallagher, 29th on debut, 7th the week or the year before, rather, um, in terms of his course form coming into it. He's the only one with anything to show. So, you know, I've, if you're looking at course form, if you're looking at uh, current form, there's not a massive amount of clues from the events that have happened here in the past really to, to grab onto I'm afraid I think you need to focus from a punting perspective focus on the ability to grind out a score shrug off those bogeys and doubles when they happen uh, you need to hit as many greens as possible I think and get up and down you need to be scrambling and putting well when you don't as simple as that um, other than that I'm not sure how else you can approach this it's it's one of those events that is likely to be quite frustrating from a punting perspective because you look at a player who you've backed and he will go out and make doubles he will make bogeys quite regularly he's just got to make sure that he's getting enough um, birdies to balance it to a certain degree stay the right side of par hopefully and and, and take your chances on Sunday uh, boiling it all down off back six this week a couple of them are relatively short towards the top of the market and then um I've chanced my arm with some longer prices, some of the local players that um, that may just feature and sneak into the places this week. We'll see. Um, I'm headlining with Yonghun Wang this week, 22 to 1. He's in decent nick, the, the South Korean. Uh, third in Singapore, eighth last week in Thailand. Um, and that was on a more free-scoring track. And I think this tougher test should suit Wang much better. Got three wins on tour over the years. If you look at the first two, he won the Trophée Assain Deux back in 2016 at five under par. It's a proper technical score, that. 2016, again, actually it was the week after he won the Mauritius Open, six under par. So he won back-to-back events on two challenging setups um, back in 2016. He also won uh, a Doha uh, couple, uh, the, the following year. Um, again, not... Quite so tough um, there at the Qatar Masters, but uh, Bermuda Grass Greens, comparable track in terms of length as well, around 7,400 yards. So a few few similarities there to grab onto. Six years now since that last win, I think he's ready for some more silverware. And certainly from what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, he looks to be playing the right kind of golf to contend. And as I say, I think this tougher setup this week should suit far better than it did last week when he still managed to finish eighth. Um, on that birdie fest so Wang's in I've also backed Yannick Paul a slightly short price now 18 to 1 with 8 places you can get 20 to 1 if you're happy to take fewer each way places but I've played it relatively safe this week uh, with both him and Wang by taking the 8 place options now I passed up Yannick Paul back at the uh, Mallorca Open in October and that was due to his price he was 25 to 1 that week and um, as a maiden at the time, I looked at that and I thought, you know, despite the fact that he was playing some really good golf, I just couldn't stomach that. You, you look at the field this week, I think if there's a player or a couple of players that are likely to feature, it is Yannick Paul, it is Young and Wang, both of them around that 20 to 1 mark, give or take. I think both of them are well, worth supporting at the prices on offer. I don't think this week this week's field is any better than that Mallorca Open win, to be honest. And 
if you look at his incoming form, well, he finished second to Theobio and Olsen last week. He's, he's um, playing some cracking golf, or did last week anyway. His all-round game looked really, really good. Every statistic, every traditional statistic. Bear in mind, if you're looking at Strokes' gain from last week, they were caddy-captured data on the DP World Tour, so do um, give them a relatively wide berth. They may not be 100% accurate. Um, but in terms of his traditional stats, he was very strong across the board last week. And I think there's a bit of evidence that he can play well on these tougher tests as well. Uh, second in the Challenge Tour Grand Final back in 2021. That was a seven under total. So again, comparable with what we might expect this week. He was second at the Sudal Open on the DP World Tour last year. 11 under for a second place finish. Um, eighth at the Golf National, as Steve mentioned um, in the context of the Honda a minute ago. Uh, again, that's another tricky, te- tricky test, tough course, um, and he's got a top ten finish there as well. So, I think in this relatively weak field, Yannick Paul can be a, a real feature again this week. So, those two near the top, four longer prices though. Um, first one I backed, Manu Gandas, one hundred to one, eight places each way is his current price. I got him a little bit longer than that yesterday. Actually, opened. Um, at 225 to 1, 250 to 1 actually in places. So he's been massively backed Manu Gandas. Um, 100 to 1 with 8 places. You can still get a little bit more if you're willing to go down to the 5 place option this week on Gandas uh, right now anyway. But I suspect he's going to continue to be back because there's a lot to like with him. He was last year's PGTI Order of Merit winner um, on the Indian Tour. He won 6 times in total last year. That makes it, with a win at the back end of the previous year, it makes it seven wins in his last 33 starts. That is um, exceptional at any level to continue to win with that kind of regularity. He could have had a seventh win for last season too. He finished second here on this course back in October. Um, all of that effort, the, the, all of those wins, the the fact that he won the PGTI Order of Merit, that's, that earned him a place on the DP World Tour for this season. And uh, he's... he's had three starts so far. Missed the cut in Razel Kaima. Missed the cut in Singapore. 28th last week in Thailand, though. His best effort at this kind of level. Closed with his best round of the week of 68. Giving him some confidence coming into this week. And uh, to top it all, this is his home course. He's attached to the course here at DLF Golf and Country Club. Um, he'll know it far, far better than uh, most of his uh, compatriots, let alone the players that are coming from the DP World Tour. So he should be absolutely licking his lips this week, Manu Gandas. That fact has not been lost on a number of punters this week, hence the reason why he's been backed off the boards. And quite rightly so, I think. Uh, slightly longer, I've also backed Garganjeet Buller at 150-1. to 1. It's slightly more familiar name. Um, I've backed him before. I may well have mentioned backed him on the podcast in the past as well. Um, can't quite remember. But for followers of the European Tour, the DP World Tour over the years, then uh, his name will be more familiar. He's a winner on the tour as well. 2018 Fiji International was his win at DP World Tour level. 10 Asian Tour wins, 12 PGI, PGTI wins over the years. He's a very capable player, a very capable winner to have amassed 22 victories over the course of his relatively short career so far. More recently, won the Indonesian Open in August. He won the Jeev Milka Singh Invitational in October, so two relatively recent wins. 
22nd last week on the Asian Tour in Qatar. Um, really tough test last week and the week before in Oman on the Asian Tour as well. So if you're looking for some um, recent grinding form from any players, take a look at the two Asian Tour events over the past fortnight because they were really tricky tests. Last week, 22nd, he was first for driving accuracy last week, second for greens in regulation on that Qatar setup at Doha. Uh, so that's, uh, he should be far more attuned to the kind of test this week than most of the other players coming into it, particularly the ones who've come straight off the back of a birdie fest. Um, this could be a shock to the system for a few of them. Uh, three cuts from four attempts here at the DLF. Um, could go could go well this week, I think. Um, I think there's no reason to dispute his chances, particularly when he's uh, playing so well from off of the tee. Um, from from tee to green too. Uh, so Bullard's in two longer prices, quite much longer prices, in fact. Um, Om Prakash Chuhan, I've backed at 500 to 1. Now, Chuhan is described on the PGI to, PGTI saw, uh, site, and I'll, I'll quote this, he's, he's described as the second most successful golfer to emerge from the state of Mudja Pradesh after the legendary Mukesh Kumar. There you go. Very high praise. And uh, they're obviously trying desperately to find something positive to say about him. But there should be some positive stuff to say about him. He's 36 years old. He's playing the best golf of his life at the moment. A couple of wins um, on tour for him. Both of them come in the past two years. And he's had six top 10 finishes in his last nine starts. Seventh on his last start. That was his uh, 2023 appearance. Fourth here at the PGTI on this course on the on that event that I mentioned, so he's got a little bit of course form as well. Five hundred to one, I backed him. Uh, only got six places, a fifth of the odds with that at that price. You can get him quite a bit shorter with eight places if that's what you want. I've taken a chance. I've rolled the dice with Om Prakash Chuhan, and the final one I've backed is Varun Parikh. Now, he's the guy that I've mentioned. He's the guy that won this event or this on this course back in October. Now, when I looked at the, the odds when they opened up, he was the guy at the very, very, very bottom of the odds list yesterday. And I'm looking at that thinking, really? You know, he opened up in places at 2,500 to 1 yesterday. And he won on this course by six shots um, back in October. Now, I know it was a lower event. I know it was a lower level I know the, the competition that he was playing against, um, you know, wasn't what we'll see this week. But he still had to go and master this course. Um, and master it, he did. If you look at his price, I mean, you know, there's plenty of other punters, again, have picked up on this. There's still a 1,000 to 1 available right now. If you want longer each way term, 750 to 1 is available, what, nearly 9 o'clock on a Tuesday morning with seven places each way. Eight places each way options, the best you'll get at the moment is 500 to 1. But if you fancy a, just a couple of quid on a, a player that could, uh, could really surprise, then Varun Parikh could be the guy. As I said, he won here by six shots. He made an early quadruple bogey on the Thursday um, and then shot 15 under for the remaining 60 holes to win the tournament by six. Now... You look at the winning scores that have happened here over the over the four events, nine under, ten under, eleven under. This guy got to eleven under. He played the same course that they're going to play this week. He has proven that he can get to eleven under par. Um, he's proven that he can get to a winning score. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it could be 
it could be completely wrong. He could be the guy holding the bottom of the uh, leaderboard up at the end of uh, end of two rounds and missed the cut badly. But I, I thought the price on offer, well, what the hell? Give it a go. We'll see. We'll find out in the fullness of time, won't we? Anyway, here's my final one. Varun Perik, Om Prakash Chuhan, Garganjit Bulla, Manu Gandas. And then some more pronounceable names, Yannick Paul and Younghun Wang to complete my team of six this week. Gun and Barry, throw me a name. <laughs> How could I possibly beat that selection? <laughs> like you've oh, a, a four-digit bet on. That's awesome. Um, I mean, if I was in trouble at the Honda Classic, I'm in big trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> I, I feel like I may as well put a blindfold on and just throw darts at the screen. I might have a better chance. Put them all into a randomizer and just. Uh, these are I, the fun weeks, Barry. Yeah, I do. I, I like it. I like your bets, and I love the rationale behind them. You know, to dip down into the local tours or guys you've played before, or you know, th- this is a severely weakened event in the grand scheme of the DP World Tour, and why not? And and particularly the guys that have won um, recently on other tours or won here be- at this course before, winning is winning. That's a mm. habit. And when you get into that zone, you, you know you're you're just going after the win. You're you know yes, there's a couple of names there, but nothing's going to terrify you really. So yeah, no. I, I might I might follow in on a couple of years, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of all over the place really. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. It's a tough one to try and decipher. Any any names pop up to you, Steve? We had this message the other day. It wasn't. Um, it was. It was via some messaging. This trio of punters will leave you unable to not follow their selections. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wish we had each way in the states. Barry, I feel, is the voice of reason at times. Keeping his money in his pocket on certain events. <laughs> There's still time. For I'm, me fo- to lose I'm following money Barry. I've got not a Scooby Doo about the Indian, <laughs> Indian Open. And when you have Stephen Gallagher winning it, when his formula was miscut, 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 forty-three miscut, wherever yeah. it was. Yeah. 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 I've that, got no it, it idea, didn't. Paul, it didn't really I'd, I'd be disingenuous to our listeners if I if I said anything different. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You have there been you staring at this event for over two days, so I'd go, yes, I'll back you up on whatever you suggest. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, it'd be interesting to see if some of the um, some the local PGTI players can break through because uh, often you come to these kind of events and you look at a field that's half. Uh, DP World or your old European Tour and half uh, local players and the final leaderboard will still be dominated by the DP World Tour players because they are that level above but this is a short field 120 players you're getting eight places each way with some bookies that's a a fair proportion of the field I think we'll find one or two of the local players find their way into the each way places this week and if you can pluck the right one out then given the prices and offer, the reward will be really quite good. So um, let's just hope it's the uh, the right side of that this week. 
Yeah, if you I really mean, held a, if, if you held a gun to my head, I know I know he's been playing absolutely terribly, but in my mind, this guy comes to the party at tough, horrible events. Hasn't he done well at the US Open? Guido Migliozzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know. I mean, when you got Guido at a bigger price than Marcel CM, I'd probably take Guido. Forty to one. Yeah, he's um. <sighs> He's he's been erratic, hasn't he? Is probably the best way to describe him. Yeah, yeah. And then again, yeah. When when he's good, he's really good, and when he's bad, he's really bad. There's not not much of a middle Mm. ground between the two. But yeah, it's an odd one because if you look at that middle part of the market, you know, a Gavin Green at forty, well, thirty-three to one, forty-five to one, best price. Gavin Green. He's not made a cut this year. Um, but then you look at Stevie Gallagher, as you just said. You know, he's coming in off a string of miscuts and then wins the golf tournament. It's, it does set up for a week where it could be just a complete random winner. I think we'll what see. you'll see is uh, the leaderboard after round three could be quite interesting. I think you'll see quite a few of the the local lads up there. It's who can hang on in round four. Mm. That's you know when when the real pressure applies. Yeah, I think um, I'm gonna wash my hands of this one. I'm, I might, I might jump in on one or two of your big long ones, Paul. But uh, it's just, um, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us, Barry. That makes three of us. That makes three of us. <laughs> one of those weeks. Right, I think we're done, chaps, aren't we? Indeed. Best of luck with your bets. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Good luck, boys. Don't forget our Bet365 2023 Majors competition. The uh, the structure and the rules of how to enter are available in the podcast description. Uh, up to two, well, £250 of cash, effectively, been put up by Bet365, our sponsors. So uh, if you haven't entered and you fancy it, give that a go. And uh, we will be back next week with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'll see you again soon. Cheers. If you like betting on God, Everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system